0: You are listening to The Overwhelmed Brain. Today's episode is brought to you by Casper. you got to try this mattress. Go to casper.com forward slash brain and get $50 off your order. Make sure to use the promo code brain when checking out. Oh, sounds so comfortable. Are you annoyed by affirmations? Are you tired of that same old rehashed personal growth advice that all seems to boil down to think positively and all your problems will go away? If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like denial, then I want you to get ready. The Overwhelmed Brain is here to help you create the life you want, now. Hello and welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain. I am your host, personal empowerment coach, Paul Coliani. I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence, strengthen your self-worth and self-esteem, and empower you so that you can make decisions that are right for you. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical treatment. And as the music fades, let's go into the first segment. I received an email uh, about a month or two ago. I was communicating with someone and uh, she sent me a a big reply back, but I wanted to take a snippet out of her reply and read it to you because it's something that uh, appears over and over with challenges, with our problems. So when you have a problem in your life and you can clearly define that problem, This is where I'm going, is that if you know your problem so well that you can explain it to anyone, then you really don't know your problem. Now, bear with me because there is some truth to this and some not truth to what I just said. What I mean is, let's just say that you were abused as a child and you can look at dysfunction or behavior that you don't like in yourself today. and Maybe you choose the wrong partner, maybe you um, are a people pleaser, maybe so on and so on. You could think of all the maybes here. And uh, you blame that on your abusive past. What I'm saying is that if you can explain, you know, well, my father did this to me and my mother did this to me and because of that I have these problems that I have today, uh, and you know there's no other way around it it's just what happens it was the cause and effect i have uh, i've had an abusive childhood and this is what it led to and this is why my behavior the way it is the way it is today when you know it that well and i really didn't do a good job explaining it well but you know people who who can explain their problems well uh when you know it that well you're not at the source of emotional distress And here's what I mean. If you know there's behavior in you that you don't like or results that you're getting that you don't like and you're able to clearly explain why you're getting those results and you still are unable to change how you feel about them, if you feel bad, if you feel at all bad, upset, angry, fearful, and you're carrying that with you through life, and you know the cause of why that is, why you feel that way, then you're not at the root. The reason I say that is because when we get to the root, I've seen this over and over again. When we get to the root of the problem, just identifying it, just exposing it and revealing it to you, you suddenly feel better. It's like a release. It's sort of like, um, it's stuck in the emotional mud that's inside of you. And you're digging and you're trying to look for it and you're digging and you grasp something and you pull it up and you pull it out and you realize, oh my God, this is it. This is it. This is what has been making me feel bad. And then you might have some big release or breakdown or breakthrough. Something is going to shift in you when that revelation comes about and you suddenly feel different about it. You suddenly feel like it's not holding you back, like it's not an obstacle anymore. This is my personal opinion, because this is what I've witnessed. I cannot tell you that this is how psychology works. I cannot tell you that this is the resolve, the resolution, the um answer to every one of your emotional challenges. All I can say is that I've seen this happen over and over again, especially with people who know their problems so well They can explain to you every single detail about the problem. The moment you touch on the root of what's causing your emotional distress is often, and from my experience, almost always the moment the emotional distress minimizes or even disappears. I've seen this over and over again. I've experienced it myself several times. Maybe you have too. Maybe there's... Times in your life where you go, oh, all this time I thought it was this, but really, it was this. It was what you pulled out of that emotional mud and finally revealed. And you go, oh, this has been the cause. Now, it may be related to what you've been explaining and what you know so well. It may be related to that, but uh, it's still something that you haven't touched upon. Now, there's two things I want to say about this. One, when you know something that well and you're still emotionally distressed about it, I want you to accept that you don't know it that well. This is what I used to call um, the I know syndrome. I know what my problems are. I know this. I know exactly what caused this in my life, but I'm still angry about it, or I'm still sad, or I'm still afraid. I need you to drop the I know syndrome. Stop knowing (laughs) because if you knew then you probably wouldn't be getting the same results i mean really knowing so that's one thing i want you to just start considering and i know there are people out there i'll give you my i know syndrome (laughs) i know there are people out there that absolutely know what the problems in their life are and why they're getting the results they are getting uh, what I'm saying here, however, is that you may know a good portion of it, but you haven't, and this is the key, you haven't touched upon the root of your emotional distress. You found the context, probably, of your distress, but you haven't touched the root of it. You haven't really grasped it and, and brought it to the surface. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. The second part of this is when you set yourself up and say, I know exactly why I feel the way I do, what you do is limit your ability to find the solution. And what I mean by that is that you set up a structure inside yourself that has already proven that you've gone as far as you can with this problem and there's no other solution and it uh, it's just the way it is. This is how life is, and I have to live with it. I have to deal with it. So when you say something like, well, I know why I'm always afraid of someone yelling at me, for example. When you say that, there's a good chance that you limit your ability to get out of the fear. Because what you do is create what I call a box of knowing. You create a box, and whatever's in that box is what stays in and nothing else comes in. You know that. Now it is a personal reference. It is something you know to be true. And there's no reason to open the box and add any more information because you've analyzed yourself over and over and over again throughout the years. And there's nothing you can do about it. So it just is what it is. I want you to start thinking outside the box and start believing that there might be more that you don't know about a particular emotional challenge in your life. So first of all, what I'm going to do is share with you a snippet of this email and then comment on it. And uh, I'll just read it right now. This person wrote, I choose people who have difficulty with intimacy because it validates my expectation that I need to earn someone's love through people pleasing. Now, when I read that, I believe that she knows exactly why she chooses people who have difficulty with intimacy. She knows it. It's it's just something that she's absolutely aware of, yet she still does it. So my response to that is something you may already predict that I'm going to say. <laughs> if that were true, I don't believe you would choose those people, so it must not be true. In other words, she said, I choose people who have difficulty with intimacy because it validates my expectation That I need to earn someone's love through people-pleasing. That's a a long sentence and uh, took me a few rereads to understand what she was saying. But I say, if that were true, I don't believe you would choose people that have difficulty with intimacy. I believe that once you touch on the core of why you choose people who have difficulty with intimacy, that you would no longer choose them, that you would go through a shift, that you would make different decisions. This is why I'm saying that it's probably not true. (laughs) I'm skating on thin ice here because I know that she believes and a lot of people believe their story and that story has been what they've held on to for so long and has given them some sort of um, foundation to understand themselves better so they don't stay lost in confusion or a misunderstanding or i mean that place of not knowing is not pleasant and and so it, it sort of closes a loop in their life i understand this i've done this in fact my story uh, regarding the i know syndrome is when i was married i learned about um my judgment issues because my wife told me about them <laughs> she said i was highly judgmental and so you know i started looking up what that meant and where does judgment come from? And I learned uh, what I believed, everything I could learn about judgment, and then really concluded that my judgments come from when I was younger, living with an alcoholic. Uh, I didn't want him to drink, because if he drank, then that meant he didn't love me, and he was also scary, and he could be abusive. So that must be where my judgments come from, so that's what I need to work on. But the problem with that was knowing that the emotional distress that I had and that caused me to be judgmental weren't going away, so I was like, "Wait, if I know that's the problem, then what's the problem? How come I can't resolve it and uh that got me thinking about uh, the core of the issue, the root of the issue, like I thought uh, you know I'd learned so much about you know personal growth and evolving out of old negative emotions and uh, healing from them and getting to a new place in my life, yet here was this issue that I was still plagued with. this judgment of people that were close to me, these judgments I put on them, and that I made them feel bad about their decisions and I mean it was always someone that I was intimately involved with. I always made them feel bad about who they were and the choices they made and uh I came to the point where I knew. I was judgmental. I knew where it came from, but I never touched upon the root of my emotional distress. Like, I knew why I was judging her, but it didn't change my behavior. In fact, the root of my emotional distress was much more complex than what I originally thought. So, I'm going to break it down for you in my process of self discovery. You know, looking at this in hindsight, what I did to get to that shifting place where it actually stopped me from judging. It wasn't something I had to consciously think about. You know, I don't want to judge my wife, so I'll make sure not to give her that look or say things in a certain way or say certain things and use a certain inflection and um, do behaviors that cause her to realize that I'm judging her. I didn't have to think about those behaviors because once I connected to the root of that emotional distress, my entire reality shifted. I changed. So this is how I changed. In a sort of step-by-step, I'll go through this. Uh, What was the problem? The problem is I wanted her to not eat junk food because I wanted her to not get heavier. This is when I was highly judgmental and less mature, uh, more shallow, and uh, just not the way I am today at all. But I want to be as transparent with you as possible just in case you're going through this or you're experiencing it in any way. So I'm being a bit vulnerable here, <laughs> telling you about my faults when I was younger. And um I hope you'll be lenient with me as I go through this. <laughs> All right. So the next one is if she got heavier, I believed I would not be attracted to her. I mean, that was the obvious next step in my mind at that time. If I wasn't attracted to her, then I felt I would be stuck with someone for the rest of my life that I had no attraction toward. So this is that next step in my mind. And as I think about it in hindsight, you know, what's going on? Again, this was the process I took exploring uh, myself and drilling in to my the core of the issue. So at this point, this information was still not at the heart of my emotional distress. So this is where I know what I know. You know what? I know it. That's my problem. And my thoughts were that she's the problem, but my judgment was also a problem, and I wanted to heal that in me. So that still wasn't at the heart. So while exploring this, going through this process, I found that what was truly at the heart of my distress was the fact that I wanted her love, and I was so afraid to lose it that manipulating her to doing what I wanted her to do was what I believed would give me the love in the way I wanted it. Now, that's a loaded sentence. Let me try to break it down. I feared losing her because if I was no longer attracted to her, then I was afraid of me leaving and losing the love from her. I mean, that's pretty wild. I was afraid of myself leaving and losing the love from her. That's kind of an odd statement to make. I was afraid of what I would do, not her. I was afraid of leaving because I would lose the love and support that she had for me. When it came down to it, I was afraid of myself. Once I realized this, this is what caused the shift inside of me. This is what caused me to take the focus off of her and onto me. I mean, I think about it now. It's so complex. I mean, we think this is the problem, yet when we drill into it and it turns out in in this example that I used, I mean, this is really what happened to me, I would have left her if I was unattracted to her, causing me to lose the love that she had for me and I didn't want to be without that love, so I stayed and became judgmental and manipulating so that she would do what I wanted her to do, so that I wouldn't leave her. That's just mind-boggling. <laughs> but when I think back on it now, and I go through that process, that's what happened. I went through this process. I I knew. I believed. I knew what my problems were. I knew that I was judgmental, and I knew where it came from. You know, I'm, I want to heal from it. So, I have all these approaches to how to heal this. Maybe I need to heal my childhood. Uh, maybe I need to. You know, tell my stepfather how I feel about him. All this stuff that doesn't even touch the core. Doesn't even get close to the root of the issue. And then it turns out I'm afraid of myself. I'm afraid of what I might do to lose love. That's pretty wild. And, uh, you know, thinking about it now, there's probably a psychologist listening now going, well, of course, that's what happens. (laughs) I hope not because it took me a while to figure this out. But once I figured it out, I realized, wait, so if I focus on her changing, then I will never heal from what's going on inside of me. That's what happens when we focus on someone else. We don't have to worry about what's happening inside of us. If I focus on someone else, then I don't have to worry about healing inside of me. If I focus on someone else um, not wanting to yell at me, then I'm not addressing what's happening inside of me to be a person that stays with someone who yells at me, or to be a person that uh, gives in when somebody yells at me, or drops into fear when somebody yells at me. So, some of these things that we absolutely, quote, know to be true about ourselves, and we're still emotionally distressed by them, they go a lot deeper. This is why you need to open that box, and think outside that box, and make sure that you explore other avenues, and You know, listen to episodes where I talked about drilling down and drilling in and peeling off deeper layers of that emotional onion until you get to the root of what could be the source of your emotional distress, because that's what happened to me. As soon as I realized that all my focus was on someone else, yet I was the one with the problem, my fear of losing love, which would have been the result of me leaving, which is Again, bizarre. Like, well, then don't leave. Yeah, but I can't stay with someone who, that I'm not attracted to. Well, then stay. Yeah, but I'm not attracted to her. You know, it becomes a, a vicious cycle, a loop. And that might be what happens is that your mind might go through a loop and you stay focused on something else, and that loop continues, that vicious circle. So, anyway, that's what I wanted to address in this first segment. That uh, you may believe you know what the source of your emotional distress is, but it could be something uh, beyond that, something deeper, something you haven't explored yet. I mean, this is why it's helpful to talk to someone else, to get their perspective, to help you think outside the box that you're thinking in, just to explore avenues of thought and connection with emotions that uh, maybe you didn't connect before didn't have all those dots connected. Hope this helps. We'll be right back with segment two. You know, it's about time we got a new mattress. <laughs> my girlfriend and I have had this mattress we're on for about know, five years now, and I never realized just how much my back hurt because of it. I used to blame everything but the mattress. <laughs> I blamed my workout, um, the way I lifted heavy objects, the way I washed dishes. The truth is none of those things are the cause of my back pain. In fact, just a couple months ago I realized how much pain I was in just lying flat in our current bed. I started connecting the dots. but... You know, I still wasn't convinced. But one night, I was really fidgety. I kept twitching. I think I had caffeine that day or something. So instead of twitching in our bed and waking my girlfriend up, which she hates to be woken up, uh, (laughs) I decided to go to sleep in her son's bed. Uh, He was at his dad's house, so it worked out. The next morning, I woke up and uh, I felt no pain. In fact, I had a great night's sleep. Finally, I had the information I need and was able to pinpoint the cause of my back pain. Our mattress. I now know it's time to change it out, and I'm going to look at Casper. Casper has created what they call an outrageously comfortable mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating those commission-driven inflated prices that you'll often find at uh, brick-and-mortar stores. Its award-winning sleep surface was developed in-house, has a sleek design and is delivered in a small, how did they do that? <laughs> sized box. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to you. When you combine supportive memory foam, that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce and a breathable design that sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature throughout the night. You have an amazing mattress on top of all that. And this is one of the many reasons we're looking into Casper ourselves. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk free. You get to use it for 100 nights with the option of returning it without question. Not only that, if you're in the US or Canada, they'll deliver it for free and pick it up for free. So if you're not satisfied within that 100 night window, you can return it. It's a no brainer. And that's not easy to say on a show called The Overwhelmed Brain. So join me in your search for a new mattress. Casper wants you to try before you buy because they believe you'll commit once you sleep on it for the first time. Hey, you know what? We spend a third of our lives on our mattress. Might as well get one that you can't wait to lay on. So do what I'm doing. Visit casper.com forward slash brain. When you do that, you'll get $50 off your purchase, an already great deal with money off the top. Go to casper.com forward slash brain. All right, I'm going to read you an email from someone I'm going to call John. He says that me and my partner of many years have recently broke up. Uh, I had become very needy and based my life around her uh, for the past couple years. All the classic signs were there, although now I am addressing this. She, by her own admission, does not show her feelings or emotions very well and has a slight fear of intimacy. She has a tendency to brush problems under the carpet and never really deal with them. She's quite a spiritual person, working on her problems in her own way, while I'm doing a lot of reading, your book and podcast included, of course, plus other self-help online stuff. She doesn't want to go to counseling, and she feels uncomfortable talking about this type of stuff. Uh, For quite a while, I've been saying something isn't right between us, but she assures me everything is fine. Now she realizes there's a problem, but I feel like her telling me everything was fine at the time was wrong, and she should have listened or helped more. Uh, Now the other part. Before we separated, there was clearly something wrong that I couldn't put my finger on. Although things hadn't been right for maybe a year and a half, this was different. And then I did something maybe I shouldn't have. I read her diary. In it, she talks about someone other than me saying something like, he is so different than him, not using any names. I challenged her on it and she said it wasn't a specific person and that she was just writing down thoughts and meant to throw them away. She has said it may have been about the old me or even herself. After this, we decided it was not working and we needed time apart. She said that her leaving is not about another man, just us. And she has no issue with the fact that I read her diary. As if I hadn't, we might have ended up hating each other, living under the same roof anyway. Her words, not mine. I have a feeling she left it out on purpose, but she denies this. As it stands, we are still getting on. We have been uh, on a few dates, which is something we never really did in the early days. We have also ended up in bed a few times, which was great at the time, but maybe a mistake. She had a troubled childhood, alcoholic parents, and her mother was also abusive, and they never had a good relationship. I believe some of this has affected her more than she will say and is a factor in the situation we are in now. I have tried to support her, but she tends to push me away, so I don't know what to do in those situations. I feel I should have done more in hindsight. We both said that we wanted to work out and be back together, although due to the way she seems to go with the flow and not open up, can I trust that she is telling me the authentic truth or is she just hoping things will work out and if we go with the flow? I sometimes feel like I make excuses for her, but deep down I know she is a good person and I do love her and in her way she loves me, but can I trust that she is being authentic and honest with me? or doing the usual pretend-everything-is-okay-and-I-am-happy routine. We have plans for the future, and I try to talk about these as sort of a new start, and she agrees, but I do have that little doubt about her genuineness. Any advice greatly received and appreciated. All right, John, I've highlighted some of the things I want to talk about on your email, and I hope uh, my insights and opinions will help. You said she has a tendency to brush problems under the carpet and never really deal with them. Uh, if that emotional energy is stored, it will come out in different ways, in different uh, destructive ways that certainly will not be beneficial for your relationship. So I hope she has a way to uh, express herself safely. Because one of the other things you said that is she doesn't want to go to counseling uh, because she feels uncomfortable talking about this type of stuff. So here's where you have to come in as the safest person in her life. I mean, I don't know if you're together now or separated. I mean, some of the things that you said, you you said you're separated, but you're talking about the future, so it was kind of confusing. I guess you're trying to work it out, but um, if you really want to work this out, I mean, you said that her past has some abuse in it. This puts you in a very precarious and sensitive position of being someone that is her immovable rock is her completely unwavering safe person the most unwavering safest person she can find now what's going to happen is that as you show up as this unwaveringly safe person she can tell anything to it's going to be at her pace on her own time and it may take a long time it may take a very long time for her to get to a place of opening up to you And how do you become safe? You listen without judgment. You hear things that might sound offensive to you and even blaming towards you. And instead of being defensive, you say, all right, what else you got? Go on. You know, keep sharing. I mean, you don't necessarily say it like that, but you just listen. And you go, oh, okay. You just listen and you give her every right to feel everything she's feeling. because. Just like I said in the last segment, a lot of it's probably not going to be about you. Some of it will be. I mean, reading her diary, which I comment on in a second. (laughs) But um, just listen and let her be. Let her express. If she's upset with you, let her be upset with you. Providing that safe zone isn't a time to defend yourself. It's not a time to be judgmental. It's not a time to analyze and try to fix. It's just listening, giving her that safe space to express. If she doesn't have that, then she's never going to meet you where you want her to meet you. She'll never feel comfortable. So if she's not going to go to counseling, then she needs to feel safe being vulnerable around uh, the closest people in her life. Hopefully that is you and you give her that space. But it takes a very special person to be there for someone and be safe and not react to the things that are said about you. You need to be safe for her. And that may take a lot of practice. And it also may take giving up some of your own needs because you might be emotionally triggered as well. And when you're emotionally triggered, it's hard to provide that space when you feel like you need to speak up and say, well, that's not what I meant and that's not what I said. I mean, if you start getting into that space, she's going to close off. And she may not be able to get to that space again for a long time. So, anyone with an abusive past that doesn't really feel comfortable showing their true emotions needs that space continuously a lot. And then you have every right to share yourself as well, express yourself, uh, share your fears, your angers, everything like that. But you got to wait till she's in a good space to receive that. And you got to be very careful too, because she could probably be more easily triggered than you. Again, this does take a very special person that's very secure in himself or herself. And as long as you take nothing personally, you can do that. But it's a journey. Now let's get to the I read her diary part. So this is the opposite of providing that safe place. Now she knows that you read her diary. So the only place that she feels the safest was now violated like you said she said it didn't affect her but you believe it did so what i would do is promise her that you'll never do that again and that it was wrong and maybe you've already done that uh and maybe even i don't know buy her one with a lock and key <laughs> and she has the only key to show that hey you know what i'm not that type of person anymore i was afraid i had no idea where you were inside i wanted to find out and uh it was just wrong of me and you need to have a place where you can write anything you want and that could be any fantasy that could be anything about anybody even me you need to have that space that's like what i tell my girlfriend i said you need girl time so you can go talk about me (laughs) so anything that's pent up anything that's like building up inside of you go vent it out with the girls that's good that's what i want you to do and then you know if you want to talk about it with me when you get home great but i try not to repress her in any way i want her to feel safe telling me things and then when she feels like she needs to talk about it with someone else absolutely go out and do it and i won't ask anything and i don't i let her do that i want her to talk about me and the more she does this the more good stuff i hear back (laughs) the more i hear that uh, i was bragging about you today and I love that, and that's the goal for all of us, right? We want our loved ones to brag about us. How will they brag about us when we let them do whatever they want when they when we let them be independent, when we let them have their own thoughts, even if those thoughts include other people that aren't us? because I tell you what happens when they are fantasizing about their dream person and we allow them to have those fantasies about their dream person we typically become their dream person. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how that works and it's scary to go through, especially if you know they're fantasizing about someone else. It's a scary place to go to, but that's why they have a diary and that's why they have friends so they can talk about things that we really shouldn't ask about. So when it comes to reading a diary, I would make that completely off limits and do whatever you can to give her her own space Yes, you can be a safe zone to express to, but she needs other places as well to be expressive. And if that's in a diary or with her friends, she needs to have it. Now, something else that you said, I've tried to support her, but she tends to push me away. So I don't know what to do in those situations. I feel I should have done more in hindsight. So I don't know what it means when you say I've tried to support her. That's um, a very broad comment. If you try to support her, By calling therapists, by giving her self-help books, by telling her what she needs to do to fix herself, that is not necessarily supportive. It sounds on the surface like it might be supportive, but it's not. What it does is say, something's wrong with you. I'm going to help fix you. I want you to be happy. And in order for that to happen, I will give you the solutions for you to be happy so that you're not broken anymore. It all points to there's something wrong with you instead of everything you are is okay with me. And there's a big difference. So when you say I have tried to support her and she pushes me away, that kind of tells me that your type of support is a perception of her being broken or needing repair. Now, she may think that she is broken and needs repair or not. I don't know. But she's allowed to think that, but you're not. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you're allowed to think anything you want, but I recommend that you don't think of her as broken or needing repair or needing therapy and just think of her as everything that she is, is okay with you. Everything you are is okay with me. But then when she says, uh, I need to talk to someone, you can go, okay, just let me know if you want me to um set something up for you or if you want me to stay out of it. I mean, this is the safe place you're giving her. As soon as you step in and go, great, I know someone. I'll call them for you. Forget it. (laughs) Now she's going to feel like um, she's being coerced into something. And she might even feel like you've been thinking about it for a long time. And you don't want to go there. You just want to be open. You know, you say that she goes with the flow. You want to go with her flow. That's a great way to look at it. Now, the last thing I want to address here in your letter is, Uh, deep down I know she is a good person and I do love her and in her way she loves me but can I trust that she's being authentic and honest with me or is she doing the usual pretend everything is okay and I am happy routine well here's the thing with a person that feels closed off because she doesn't feel safe to express herself to too many people I mean if that's what's happening here then what you want to do is take everything at face value until proven otherwise believe her until there's a reason not to believe her have faith in her until there's a reason not to have faith in her because right now what she is most likely doing is showing you what she can in this time of her life she's connecting with you in the only way she knows how at this time in her life i can say this because i went through this with my current girlfriend She had a lot of baggage from uh, emotional abuse and also childhood sexual abuse, and when we met, she seemed very closed off. She would connect with me here and there. She would connect with emotions that she hadn't felt in a while here and there, but uh, she would easily close off. And so for, I don't know, a couple of years, we would go through these periods of time where I felt neglected. And it took me that long to realize she wasn't capable of connecting with those emotions. And as we went through the months and years, I've always provided that safe place for her to express herself. And it took her many years to go through a healing process where she's finally in a relationship where she can express anything to the person that she's with to start connecting with herself again. And that's what it took is that I allowed her to connect with herself, really pretty much bypassing my own emotional needs. I'm not saying you have to do this, but like I said, it takes a very unique individual to be with someone who is very closed off because of trauma or abuse in their past. If you can be there for her and see her as perfect no matter what, And see her as not broken. See her as everything she is is fine with you. And especially if you can be her emotional rock that no matter what comes out of her mouth, even if it's against you, you're not going to be triggered and go off on her. Because as soon as you go off on her, she closes up again. And now it might take even longer for her to reconnect with you. And that's tough because um, the more that happens, the more she closes off. And the more, quote, everything's fine, nothing's wrong. And you'll feel that distance. So whatever distance you're feeling now, if and when you guys are together and you're trying to build a future together, you have to take what you can get. I mean, this is I, mean, I hate to give you that advice, but you, you do. You have to take what you can get because that's probably all she can give. And by allowing her to express herself to you and you're giving her that space, you'll find that the uh, distance that she has from you will hopefully become less and less. The less distance, the more close, the more safe she feels, the closer she gets to you, the better your relationship gets. But it does take a lot of work, especially on your part. I mean, she has a hard job ahead of her too. Her path is difficult, her path of healing, her path of expressing. Like you said, she's taking a very spiritual path to healing. Great. Support every part of that. If she says she has to meditate, and you're in the other room. Tell her you're leave for an hour and give her space. You know, start to give her exactly what she needs for herself. And you may find your relationship getting closer. That's all I got. <laughs> I wish you the best, John. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. I'll say some goodbyes and close the show after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. Thanks to Casper. I'm looking at their mattresses as we speak, and I want you to do the same. Visit casper.com forward slash brain and get $50 off your order. Make sure to use the word brain during checkout to get the discount. And thanks to Jalon or jylan I'm so sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name, of making makingmrsm.com for her mention and gratitude of The Overwhelmed Brain in her blog. You are very much appreciated. And thanks to Christine for her five-star review of the Overwhelmed Brain book in Amazon. Hey, she says it's a great book and guide on how to get out of old habits and ways of thinking. Thank you, Christine. I think that's a good analysis. And I want to thank TOB patron members who give in support of this show and also get back in the form of private episodes, workbooks, and even email coaching for those who opted for it. And I want to thank some very specific TOB patron members because they've been with me for a long time. They've been supporting the show. They are the long-term supporters. And I appreciate you, Robin, Mandy, Clifton, Stephen, Jamie, Tan, I hope I pronounced that right, and John. Thank you all so much. And thank you to all Patreon members. I appreciate your support. If you want to support the show, visit patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com to become a member. Or if you're not into that, Use the Amazon link at TheOverwhelmedBrain.com. The Amazon link is the easiest way to give back. So if you've been listening and listening and listening and learning and growing and healing, use that Amazon link every time you shop. Your shopping habits are making a difference. So thank you. And now for a special offer. I've never done anything like this, but I was trying to figure out how else I could give back to those who give to me and give to the show. As you may or may not know, I've created a workbook on emotional abuse. It's called the MEAN workbook. The acronym MEAN stands for Manipulative and Emotional Abuse Number, and it's designed to help you gauge just how much of it might be going on in your relationship and also how to get out of the cycle of abuse, how to start healing, and your next steps beyond that. Anyway, the workbook is available now, and I'm offering something special for those who purchase it. I want to offer you the opportunity to sell it yourself as an affiliate. What that means is that after you purchase the workbook, you'll be qualified to sell it to other people at a 50% commission. It's really easy. All you have to do is share a link that I send to you and just share that with someone that you think needs the workbook. And then when they purchase it using your link, you make money. And currently the price of the workbook is $39. I don't receive that entire amount because some fees are taken off the top. They're minimal, but after the fees, you'll receive half of the final sale. Pretty cool, huh? So if two people purchased it using your link, you'd make your money back on the original purchase. Anything beyond that is what someone might call gravy. (laughs) Like I said, I've never done this before because frankly, it's odd telling you, hey, I want to help you make money. But really, that's what it is. I thought it might be something that some of you could use anyway. So that offer is on the table for anyone that purchases the mean workbook. So go to the overwhelmedbrain.com forward slash mean to learn more about it. And if you've already purchased and want to get in on this program, send me an email, paul at theoverwhelmedbrain.com, and I'll tell you what you need to do. I'm getting incredible feedback about the workbook, so I know it's an effective tool for people who think they might be in an abusive relationship. So let me know. I'm happy to set you up as an affiliate. It's easy and a good way to help others that might be in a situation that they aren't sure how to handle. All right, I got through that uh, special offer. (laughs) So finally, thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, For some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And in closing, I'd like to talk about your intuition. You know, whatever you call it, your inner guidance, your angels, your spirit guides, your God, you know, whatever you call the messages that come to you. And if you're completely on one end of the spectrum where you don't believe in any of this intuition, guidance and all that stuff, let's just call it your subconscious mind. That's typically where I like to go, but I do have some spirituality in my beliefs uh, that go beyond just the subconscious mind, but I, I can still work in this realm. But, um, you know, I was looking for something for my, my pickup truck recently. We're going to be taking a trip to New Hampshire, and we're going to make a stop in Pennsylvania uh, because my girlfriend has a music gig there, but my pickup truck doesn't have a back cover, doesn't have a camper top doesn't have anything. So if we were to use my truck, then how are we going to haul the gear that we need for keyboard, my guitar, my amplifiers, her equipment, there's all kinds of equipment. And I was looking online trying to figure out, okay, what can I get? You know, they have those flat covers that roll or slide or fold and they cover the bed, but none of them are waterproof. Plus, my truck is a bit older, and it has a bed liner, so there's not a lot of options. It's hard to find like a used covers or camper tops, and the bed liner gets in the way, so it's been difficult for us to get something that works. So just today, uh, as I'm recording this is Saturday, the day before the, the show airs, uh, we went to a truck place and looked at the camper tops and the, the covers and found out the prices, and what I felt was, this doesn't feel right. There's something that just isn't right about this because it just didn't meet all my criteria and even the, the person helping us out didn't have that much of a personality. Not that I'm judging that, but it just kind of added to the experience of being there and seeing all the prices and options and realizing, you know, how much money do I want to invest in a topper or whatever it's called for my truck? especially if it's not even rainproof, where the rain can get in and get on our music gear. So I had these feelings come up, and there were no particular thoughts attached to those feelings, but I felt something. And this happens to all of us. We feel something. Something doesn't feel right. I don't know if you've ever been in a a relationship where something didn't feel right, and the person that you were with explained it away. And they did what I call bypass your intuition, where you had some intuitive thought, like something doesn't feel right. That's where I usually go, is something doesn't feel right. But if there's enough logic and rational explanation, it will bypass my intuitive thought. So I'm becoming more and more aware of this phenomenon. Especially in emotionally abusive relationships where you'll have an intuition, you'll have a feeling, you'll have a message of some sort come to you and while holding on to that feeling and whatever message that is, you are talked out of it. It is bypassed. And this is what I want you to be highly aware of. I mean, I told you the story of uh, a salesman trying to upsell me on something that he didn't even mention and it appeared on my bill and I called him out on it just because I held on to that feeling. That's what I want you to do is hold on to these feelings of something isn't right. Because what you're going to find out is if you hold on to that, then no amount of rational explanation or log- logical argument can talk you out of it. And I want you to try that for a while. Does that mean that your intuition is always right? I can't answer that because I haven't tested it in every single scenario. I mean, it could be old fears coming up and your intuition's kicking in to protect you. Of course, that could happen. But um, let's just go back to my truck example. I was at the truck place and uh, we left thinking, well, that's that's interesting. I, I have to cut holes in my bed liner and I have all kinds of things I can do to the truck and I have to spend all this money and uh, is it worth it and it's an older truck So we decided, let's just, you know, drive home and think about what we need. And so we started talking about more of what we needed. And she said, you know, we could probably use waterproof bags. And I thought about, okay, so we can put all our gear in some giant heavy-duty waterproof bags. But those are just sliding around in the back. And I just think of bags of stuff in the back. And I didn't really like the idea of that stuff just kind of loose. Where if we're at a stoplight on our trip, somebody walks by and grabs something. (laughs) That sounds like a little paranoia, but I I can picture it happening, maybe in the bad side of town or something. And then the idea came to both of us of having some sort of waterproof container. I was like, oh, so we started looking at that. And then when we got home and went online and started taking a look, we found like a vinyl heavy-duty waterproof box-shaped bag or something. I don't know what to call it. It's like a truck bag. And the bag filled the bed of the truck. And suddenly, that felt right. Suddenly, I was in another space of, hey, this feels right. Things seemed to be more in alignment with this than they were with anything else we were looking at. The price was right. The features were right. Functionality was right. The look was right. Just felt right. And... Within 20 minutes, I had it purchased. They're shipping it to us, and we're going to have it before we go on our trip. And after my purchase, it wasn't like a, oh, no, I hope I did the right thing. It was, hey, this feels pretty good. This is exactly what we were looking for. And it was because I held on to that feeling. I didn't like how I felt at the truck place. I didn't like how I felt even before that. I didn't even share before that I was looking online for lids and camper tops, and just nothing seemed right, nothing felt right. And then when we saw this, it felt right. Now, what does this have to do with you? This is all about me, I know. The idea is when you're in a conversation with someone, this is where it's leading, uh, or in a situation where you do have a feeling that doesn't feel right, hold on to it. Keep it. Because what happens, especially with people that don't have our best interest in mind, is they can bypass our intuition. And I don't want you to bypass your intuition. I want you to get used to your intuition or whatever you call it and start believing that there's something valid about it. And let me give you my most practical explanation of this. Your subconscious mind puts together all the pieces before your conscious mind figures it out. Your subconscious mind already knows what you need. And when you get a bad feeling... My interpretation of that is your conscious mind having a conflict with your subconscious mind. Now what happens with people that don't have your best interest in mind, they will do their best to bypass your intuition by forcing your conscious mind to accept their logic, overriding your subconscious mind. In other words, your intuition. That being the case, I want you to start being aware of, if you're not already, of the feelings that you get and if you're one of those people that say well they're just feelings they're not thoughts everything should be thought logically and analytically i think there's a time and place for that but i also believe that deep in your subconscious recesses that it already has been thought of analytically and logically all of the variables have been considered which is why you're getting the feeling. So if you want my practical approach to intuition, that's what that is. That's how I see intuition, is that all of the analyzation has already taken place and our conscious mind is there to make a decision and or take action on what we feel. The conflict is when our conscious mind is about to make a decision that our unconscious mind doesn't agree with. And what, 99 out of 100 times, maybe all the time? Our subconscious mind already knows the answer, at least when you get that feeling. That's what I mean. So when you get that feeling, that means, hey, my subconscious mind already knows the answer to this. And that's what I want you to pay attention to and just see what happens if you do go along with your intuition. And there are many ways to build trust in your intuition. And one of those ways is to keep an open mind and step into your power. This will help you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.